dinosaur. On the dry weeds, cast it upon the enclosed lamentables. They are ready now for the fire. Cast it upon them without warning, that they may burn eternally with the living fury of the spirit fire. Cast the fire upon the dry weeds. There is no time to tell them why. They must walk the bridge to the cosmic age. They must they walk, walk the bridge to the cosmic age. They must walk the bridge. 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 The bridge of the living words of life. Cast the fire upon the dry weed. Cast it upon the enclosed lamentables. This is the spirit hour of the fire. Thank <laughs> you. 
And you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there some Sun Ra with Rocket number nine slash the bridge. And today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with John. Dwyer from the OCs from San Francisco slash Los Angeles and John loves Sun Ra and to prepare you for an interview with the OCs here is a band that almost made John stop playing music John of the OCs here is the idol race with days of broken arrows and then an interview with the O.C.s and some music to prepare you for an interview with the O.C.s.
Saluta. The Phantom Servers have been around since 1988. Welcome to the party. <laughs> There's no one there but you? How sad. Nevertheless, we're confident that you'll enjoy this journey down memory lane. <laughs> Even if you don't remember any of the songs. 1999 found the band the only U.S. recipient of the Malcolm Baldridge Award for Quality. We were the first surf band to be ISO 9001 certified. Additionally, and a fact that we're most proud of, according to the most recent JD Power survey, among new owners of surf records, the Phantom Surfers rank number one in owner satisfaction. We are confident that this record will retain high trade-in value over the years. Finally, 22% of all BEM members believe that this is our finest record yet. We continually strive for zero defects. And if not, well, nobody's perfect. You are still listening to CITR 
FM 102 and the Vancouver show known as the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. Coming up, an interview with John of the OCs. We just heard right there the Fandom Surfers with their quality statement and the Hearst Eliqua. And before that, the mummies with your ass is next in line from Hangman Records. And before that, we began with, from 1969, the idol race with days of broken arrows. Right now, to prepare you for an interview with the OCs, we're going to play a bit of Manamana. We're going to play a bit of Manamana. Two versions of Manamana. The first version done by Moog, as in Vogue synthesizer from 1973 from a compilation, or actually from a record called Hot Butter. We are going to hear Manamana, and then we are going to, that's from 1973. And then we're going to hear Banamana by the Muppets from 1977, also used in Benny Hill. And then an interview with John Dwyer of the O.C.E.S.
Manamana. you my name is John Dwyer from DOCs welcome to Vancouver British Columbia Canada John always a fucking pleasure thank you very much for having me here yep. and right off the bat John I have a gift for you a one-sided Sunra 7 inch from 1967 wow, man thank you very much this is a tour 7 inch a tour 7 inch from 83 wow man that's 67 great. recording I'm a fan thank you so much what can I say about Sunra and the tour recordings because you know um well I know that uh, a bunch of his early singles were only available like this, that they were sold on the road, which was super, I mean, Sunra was a grassroots organization, basically. They they press their own shit at Saturn, right? And uh, yeah, this is great. Thank you very much. I don't know all that much about them, but I know that uh, all those represses have been, have been buying them up like crazy. And uh, been, there's a bunch of those uh, videos through Saturn, through DVDs of their live shows and stuff. Really great. And what's interesting about this is it is one-sided. It is one-sided. Wow. It is a one. Being lazy or arty? Well, I was curious about this. For instance, the band The Ripoffs from California. And if you do quote, if you look at the other side, printing a backside costs an extra 40 bucks in 1993. Well, that seems to make sense. I would say the record industry doesn't sound like it's changed very much then, huh? Do you have any connection with the ripoffs at all? Them being from San Francisco. Shane, right? Shane worked with Petey Dammit, who used to be in my band, uh, at a porn distribution warehouse. And one time the guy, Greg, from this band, called me on the phone and yelled at me because I booked a Guitar Wolf show. And I think the, I'm paraphrasing here, but he told me he books Guitar Wolf, not me. I was probably 19 or 20 years old, so... You know, I'm going to take that one to the grave. Thanks a lot, Greg. It was a fucking good show, by the way. Damn, it feels good to be a... 
Hero. Gangsta! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yep, sure. You played and met Bushwick yeah. Bill? I hung out with him a couple times, actually. Yeah, he uh, uh, still roams around in Austin. We saw him at a show recently and asked him if he was going to come up on stage with us. And uh, I think he planned on it, and then we didn't see him again for the rest of the night. But he's a great guy. He's super nice. But there is footage. Oh, yeah, yeah. He played that show with us. I'm talking about this is this past year he was still around. He's just always hanging around Austin, I guess. I mean, uh, he seems to be a regular in the bar scene there. It makes me think, have you met Little B? I have not. I have not. I'm not a huge rap fan, so I don't know a lot of the people when I meet them. So if I meet somebody if, like at a festival, for instance, I normally don't know who the fuck they are. But you did work at Club Six. What rap did you see at Club Six? Uh, Vast Air. Um, I didn't see too many rap shows there. By the time I was working there, they were kind of going under, and it was like a constant struggle. To keep that place was a shithole. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, they had a lot of shows there. They were getting more into like juxtaposed art shows and stuff like that, and a lot of skater related stuff. But um, it was always fun. There was a great rap band called Battle Axe from San Francisco that were short lived uh, that I saw play in the basement there one time. That was pretty off the chain. It was good. Thank you, Paul. No idea. Thank you, Paul, who taught you the misfits. Paul, your guitar teacher. Oh, no, well, he taught me a Misfit song. Yes, he did. I brought him Hate Breeders when I was, like, 16, and I wanted to know the solo. And he uh, just looked at me like I was an idiot and showed me that it was one note played over and over again, but he's just bending the note. So Misfits were tricky with very little to work with, I guess. Especially thank you, Paul, though. Yeah, thank you to Paul. I'm wonder, I actually wonder if Paul's still alive. He may not be. He was getting up there when I met him when I was 16. That was a long time ago, so. 55... No idea. 55-6. Oh, 5-5-6. Yeah, okay. Um, house I lived in uh, in San Francisco for nine years. It was great. I have so many stories about that. I don't even I can condense it down to an interview. But uh, Fort Thunder. Oh, 5-5-6 five, Atwells. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, that was in Providence, Rhode Island, in, in North Providence. Uh, I lived across the street from Fort Thunder. So, uh, yeah, I got to go to a lot of shows there. I actually just saw Brian Gibson was here in town or in L.A., for the E3, he made a video game, so everybody's... Uh, what video game? It's called Thumper, and he has a company called Drool, and it sounds like the video game essentially is a video game version of Lightning Bolt, basically. It looks really cool. I get to play it. I was curious, Fort Thunder, Whack Attack, the Puppet Show, do you remember that? Yeah, they had wrestling, they had everything. I mean... Uh, uh, who was part of that? Of Whack Attack specifically? Shit, I have no idea. That might have been more after my time. I'm going to guess Matt Brinkman, probably. He was always into puppets and stuff. And then there was uh, Xander, who was sort of a, a peripheral satellite person that was always working there. And she ended up running, uh, shit, I can't remember the name, uh, another joint in Oneyville, which was right around the corner from where Fort Thunder was before it was raised. So, uh, yeah, they all, everybody was wearing costumes and shit there all the time. It was a special time. John, you are from the OCs right now, but at one time you were in Landed, Rooster, Rooster in a Box? Yeah, yeah, a uh, rooster named Svilby that had a little mullet. I got him from a booker, uh, butcher in uh, Chinatown who, uh, right when I picked him out, tried to chop his head off and I had to stop him and tell him I wanted to take the rooster alive. I think he thought I was going to take him home to kill him. And he would come to shows with us. And uh, more specifically, I remember at a sports bar we played at where we got a lot of shit from the customers. Uh, at the end of the night, the bartender just screaming at me as I was walking out the door, uh, hey, you can't leave this fucking thing here. And I turned around and it was just him with a rooster like running around at his feet. And uh, just good times, you know. 
No landed. I don't have that rooster anymore, needless to say. Yeah, what happened to the rooster? We, my landlord forced me to get rid of him because the uh, asshole drummer, metal drummer that lived next door to me, who kept everybody up all night anyway, was upset that the rooster was growing in the morning. So we brought him to Home Depot and left him in the seed aisle because in the wintertime in Providence, this is a long story, but... Basically, when you go to Home Depot in Providence in the wintertime, you'll notice that the rafters are full of birds, and a lot of birds, rather than, I don't know if they were just being lazy or what, but if they, they wouldn't fly south, they would just go to the Home Depot because it was heated, and then they would nest up in the rafters, so we figured he'd be at home there, and apparently, so I hear, they kept him as a mascot at the Home Depot for years afterwards. Landed continues! Without the rooster, yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true, they just played in Los Angeles, uh, they're getting out again, you know? But Landed, Dan from Landed light himself on fire? He's a fucking maniac. He still is. He's got kids and shit now, but he, uh... Last I heard, he was uh, doing inspection at a sausage factory, which seems ludicrously appropriate. And, uh, yeah, he's a good dude. He's in another band called Oneyville Sound System that just came out to California. They were great. At the end of the night, I tried to pay them, and they'd taken mushrooms. We were in Joshua Tree, and they wouldn't let me pay them. They were scared of the money, so I had to hold the money for them. It was a a good night. They were fantastic that night playing-wise, but at the end of the night, they were just in the parking lot lost for hours. It's funny. If you know him, it's funnier, yeah. Providence, Rhode Island, the Biltmore Hotel. Still stay there every year when I go back to visit my mom. You guys have a Biltmore Club here. Uh, Biltmore in Providence is supposedly haunted, and they used to have satanic rituals from what I remember. And the Biltmore here had the most aggressive bounces I've ever met in my life. The experts. The experts. My first painting crew I worked on. See, I'm starting to catch on to your game here now. Uh, my first painting crew I worked on ran by this knob named Ian in San Francisco, really high-end painting company. I lied my way into the job, and we painted Sharon Stone's house. It was the first house I painted. So How are you as a painter? I am, I'm a good painter, actually. I'm Irish. I'm half Irish, you know, uh, so I like automatically know how to climb a ladder and throw paint around. I just painted my own house. It came out good. Because I know you are artistic, but, you know, for painting. There's a there's a zen artistry to painting houses though I feel like uh, especially if you're doing it painting my house right now for myself rather than doing it on a crew I found I was more stoned than I was when I was actually actually at work and like uh, it sort of uh, makes the day go by in a nice way my like would like look down and my dog would just be sitting at the bottom of the ladder wondering what the hell I was doing all day but yeah it came together good. What can you say, John, of the OCs about these bands right here? Well, this band right here, the Icky Boyfriends. Icky Boyfriends are uh, a real gem from San Francisco. Uh, they were on a great label called Blackjack. Is this is this the Blackjack one? It's Pass It Records. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but uh, rega- regardless, these guys are uh, still playing. I met him. Uh, on the streets of Baltimore after being a huge fan and I he was just randomly walking down the street in Baltimore and I recognized him because he's the most recognizable motherfucker in rock and I rolled up on him really young and excited to tell him how much I loved his band but really instead I ended up just scaring him and uh, he asked me uh, <laughs> what I wanted and we ended up bringing him out to a co-trip show and he got really hammered with us and we've been weird friends ever since so- sort of friends like he says hi to me when he sees me but we just did a live record for them and it came out really good What's interesting, do you know the roots of the icky boyfriends? For instance, the leather... Yeah, this is another great... Because if we turn it over... Uh, There's uh, Anthony on drums. Yeah, he... uh, This... I don't have this one... I have their, what is the one, uh, fuck, I have their, they have an LP that's brown wax, it's disgusting, it uh, looks really soupy, 
It has. It's got some hits on it. Uh, Sugar Sandwich. Was that them? Yeah, they had Sugar Sandwich. Am I right? Is that them? Sugar Sandwich. Sugar Sandwich. That's a pretty good song title, actually. So yeah, this. I when I fell in love with Aki Boyfriends, I started hitting up Anthony for all the vinyl he had of all his old bands, and of course, because nobody gave a shit about any of this stuff, he still was sitting on. He had like a couch-shaped pile of it in his house that they would sit on, and I got managed to get score a bunch of this vinyl off them, but I've never seen this one. And we also have John Dwyer of the OCs, oh, yeah. the rock and roll adventure kids. I just spoke to Marcos on the phone. Um, he's booking the Burgerama that we're playing next weekend in Oakland. This fucking band was great. Oscar, let's see. Oscar, uh, I don't know if he was on this record. Yeah, he must be. Oscar is now making tacos. He's got his own taco stand. They're called Oscar's Tacos. They make vegan tacos that are not repugnant. And, uh, and Marcos is doing good. He's still playing music. He's got a bunch of bands going. Always his brother is in Gravy's Drop, I believe. And, uh, yeah, these guys were great. This was one of the first bands in San Francisco, like, garage scene back in the day that I thought were really great because they really didn't give a shit. Like, they were kind of a train wreck at all times, you know, but in the best possible sense, you know. John of the OCs, when did you stop doing Speed? Um, fuck. The last time I bought Speed was off of a pregnant girl who was crying at a Safeway at, like, 6 (laughs) a.m. Yikes. My mom doesn't look at the internet, so it's okay. But, uh, that was a a moment where I was like, maybe this isn't cool anymore. And then, uh, I remember the next day I was like, my legs hurt. And that meant I was fucking too old, you know? So, yeah, had to switch up gears drugs-wise. And, uh, now I'm 41, about to be 42, so I'm sure if I did speed now, it'd probably just kill me. Unless it was, uh, prescription. In which case, half a pill, maybe, you know? Who is Jimmy Cornman? Jimmy Cornman? I don't know. From Casa San... I have no idea. You get a tattoo of his, and then you have free tacos oh, for life. That was Casa Sanchez. That was before my time in San Francisco, but I do know people that have the tattoo, and I know that that place stopped doing that because I think when they were letting people get that tattoo, they were thinking that nobody would do it. They're like, who'd be fucking crazy enough? But they didn't know how many addicts and poor artists and just general people who had the ability to get tattooed would go out for a free burrito every day and get uh, tattooed this ridiculous, like, uh, little sort of stereotypical Mexican man riding a corn rocket, from what I remember, was the the thing. But, yeah, I, I actually never even got to eat at that joint. I think, I don't even know if that's still there or not. San Francisco, a lot of businesses are closing. Taquerias probably be first in line. Have you ridden the Seward Street slides? Those are those cement slides. Yeah, I did. I took acid and rode those one time, and I remember we had a really hard time finding them. They're not as smooth as you want to be, so they tore the ass out of my pants, and all I remember from that night was that some woman in a condominium that lived next to them screamed down for us to shut the fuck up, but because I was on acid, I just looked up, and it was a tree. She was behind the tree yelling down at me, and I was like, we got to go right now. The, the actual landscape is digging in on us, so... And Aquarius asked you to do, like, a board? Do you know they're closing? I just found that out. I called them yesterday and talked to Jim Haynes and uh, Alan Horrocks on the phone. Sad. That place was, uh, I would go there every day and hang out for, like, a half an hour and just talk shit just like this at the counter and make fun of everybody's selections and talk shit about other local bands, you know, just being a dick in general. But that's really sad that place is closing. I know that Superior Viaduct is taking it over, which is great because they're a fantastic label, but, uh... Yeah, just, you know, things change. It's time. What about Diane Dwyer? The, f- the female newscaster. Um, I remember thinking, um, I don't think there's any relation that I know of, but I remember thinking she's pretty good looking and that she did look like she might be in my family. <laughs> 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 Boom! <laughs> and that felt weird, so. 
you felt really like a square and and it's like staunch behind the news desk you know have you felt any earthquakes yes not since i've been in la but i remember my first one uh i was on the phone with my boss from a different painting company not the experts and uh I was like, I remember looking upstairs wondering what the fuck my neighbors were doing. Like, I was on the phone and I looked up and then my boss went, did you just feel that on the phone? And I was like, you felt that too? And he explained to me that that's what an earthquake was and all the pieces fell into place. You felt a dot-com collapse of 2000, right? Yeah, I was around for the first uh, bubble. It was a fun time. That was actually one of the best times I had in San Francisco is when all those, like, I moved in, I had nothing and I knew nobody. And then, like, within the year of me moving in, this huge influx of money happened. So the... It was just really interesting to see the first time where it was like mostly freaks and families that were had been living there, and then suddenly there were all these new people like just confused in the neighborhoods, uh, getting scared. I think it used to be a little scarier, you know. So I think people gave them a lot more shit uh, in like '98 to '99 years. You know, now it's it's a lot safer. My my roommate put it perfectly. Uh, years ago saying that uh, he was upset when he came home. He was like a, a big worker guy and he had a table saw under his arm and he was all indignant when he got home and he was like, uh, some guy in the street just asked me where, I could, where he could get good chocolate and he's like, the city's too safe, man. He's like, what kind of man asks somebody else where he can get good chocolates? So that's, uh, yeah, that's where it's at now. Did you pick up any good furniture? In San Francisco? Because of the dot-com collapse. No, because the first wave of people, I don't know about now because I don't live there anymore, but I know the first wave of people had terrible fucking taste. Like, they were the catalyst for all the condos that are now getting thrown up there, and any furnishings that were on the street that I saw, honestly, were, like, just really cheap, generic office furnishings. So it'd be, like, you know, or even, like, mainframe boxes, lots of those, but I did have friends who benefited off of taking all that shit and pulling all the gold out. And Jimmy from that band Shotwell, who's like an old school crusty punk down there, was just explaining to me like how he was getting poisoned by extracting the gold from all the computer chips or whatever the fuck. I don't know what he was doing, but he's still alive, so it couldn't have been that bad. Did you see any Google bus protests? I heard a lot of shit about it. That was kind of right when I was moving out when that shit was like... The funny thing about the Google bus was nobody knew about it because they hadn't advertised or anything. So suddenly there were these mysterious, like, like uh, DA-looking buses driving around that had no writing on them. They didn't say Google bus. They were just these generic, like, limousine buses. And then somebody figured it out, and then people were throwing paint on them and shit, I think, yeah. But I didn't see any protests. Not, not You played some eviction parties, though, right? DOCs? There was a lot of those back in the day, especially during the first time. I got evicted in San Francisco four times by owner moving evictions which ranged from like a guy who bought the building who genuinely felt bad like you could tell he was like i don't want to kick you out but now i own the building and i want to live here to uh the lawyer for pepsi buying my house and being an outrageously horrible person and like you know all that ran the gamut of all different kinds of uh people that bought our buildings there you know so a quote the iphone is the new styrofoam cup john dwyer is that from, see, I got all this shit for writing a POW review that was technically a tongue-in-cheek, jokey, like, apocalyptic landscape that I, you know, I never truly really felt that way about San Francisco. This was just, like, me running with the, the sort of cold energy of their record, but I definitely got a, had to eat a big bowl of shit on that one, so. But, yeah, I, I guess I said that. <laughs> John Dwyer, fuck CDs. It's, uh, it's, uh. Uh, the mummies. Yeah, a classic. Oh, it's an LP? What? Yeah. I, Fuck CDs. Fuck CDs? Is that what you want me to say? It's a... Uh, 
Mummies. mummies. Yeah. What can you say about the mummies? Never seen them, never met them. I, I met Russell Kwan. Um, You're going to be playing with them. Yeah, next weekend. I've never seen them. This will be my first time seeing them. Uh, from, from behind, Russell Kwan looked like a, an old friend of mine, so often when I would see him, I would run up behind him and grab him, or like be really way too close to him when he would turn around and then be startled that his face was completely a different version of the guy who I was looking for who wasn't Asian at all, so it was always a nice little shock. So I got to start to recognize Russell Kwan from behind, but he's a badass drummer. Somebody told me that he welds his drum kit so that you can't change anything on it, which I really like that aesthetic of uh, that nobody can move your shit at the practice space. Yeah, they were great when I was a kid. I bought these records in Providence because they were, I didn't know who they were, but obviously I loved uh, like Creature Double Feature and all that shit. And these guys were on the same label that did Billy Childish and all that stuff. So I was getting into Garage when I was a kid. This is, well, I mean, what can you say about the mummies? What you see is what you get. I like that they always um, would quote, like, I don't know what the fuck you people are doing on our show. We suck. Shut up. Go home. Like, that kind of vibe. And I bought a VHS of them, a bootleg, when I was, like, 18, and it was terrible. Like, just, just off. It was like they're playing for, like, five people in New York, and nobody cares. They're, like, booing them, and that made me really excited to see them. And now here I am at 41, finally about to see this fucking band. After Playing with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, playing after them, which really sucks. Thanks a lot, Marcos. Rock and Roll Adventure Kids reference from earlier. He's the one booking the show. I was curious about some more of the bands that you have played with and you are playing with the Trash Woman and the Phantom Surfers. Mike Lucas! I don't know these guys, and I'm not really that familiar with their band, but I've heard some really funny quotes from these guys. The Poontang Wanglers yeah. recorded with Woodhouse. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Times have changed, haven't they? I know Tina. She's a badass. I've seen her play with the Trash Room before. She's got a real, like, knick-knocks, like, real floor-heavy style. She's a badass. There's not much I could say about her other than I've always respected her from the second I met her. She's got a presence, you know? You kissed DJ Food Court? Parker? Parker Gibbs? Yeah, I fucking love Parker. I kissed the shit out of him. I didn't know. I always forget. See, I don't know if I've ever seen him perform. I just hear that he does all these things. I mean, him end up in a bathroom. He's like 50. I don't even know how that guy's still alive. He had a close call this year, and yet he still kicks on. So, it's hope for all of us right there. Shout out to DJ Food Court. He's awesome. He's a good guy. Hey, Parker. How you doing? Amy, too. His lovely wife. And we have another gift for you, John, from the OCs. Right here, we have a Supremes postcard. Oh, this is great. I'm a huge fan of the Supremes, yeah. Playing in Vancouver. Wow, fucking A. From 66. Now, if we turn it over, we are noticing that they are playing a whole bunch of days in Vancouver. It made me think, have you done a bunch of days? Have you done, like, a week in one place? Yeah, we did it at uh, Hotel Vegas this year. It was nice. Doing a residency is good because it made me realize how lazy I am these days. Like, uh, at the part of the agreement was just definitively being able to leave my gear there every night. I was like, can we not pack up? And they're like, well, and I was like, I mean, like, we put our shit in the bar, so people would be trying to play pool around our amps at the end of the night when we were done playing, but it was fine. But uh, that's, that's real old school to do a residency somewhere. I think it's real cool. It's like, uh, yeah, could you imagine seeing the Supremes for a week straight at your bar? It'd be fucking great. Have you done any cartoons? Are you connected to I cartoons love, at all? I miss, I mean, I grew up on Hanna-Barbera, all that shit, like bongo running and repetitive backgrounds, but I have not done any cartoons. I mean, That's I the did, closest. I did a sound, the theme song, which got a little bit butchered. It was kind of garbage anyway, but for that show, Sanjay and Craig, probably shouldn't have said that in an interview, but hey. Um, 
I would willingly work with any cartoon that would have me, though. I mean, I grew up on that stuff. I love cartoons. So There we have for you a Supreme's postcard. What are you going to mail it back? What are you going to say about your time in Canada versus the nurse's time in Canada? Well, I finally got to meet uh, the great Nardwar, and it was everything I expected it to be. He smells better up close than he does on the internet. Ba-boom! Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see how the night takes us. I went downstairs to get a beer, and all I had was Heineken. Didn't know this was a sponsored event, so I bought a whiskey. But I haven't eaten anything yet today, so that might have been a mistake. So we're just going to take it easy. I'm going to have some hummus and drink a big tall boy. Now, you made it. I mentioned the nurses. The nurses oh, got held at the Canadian yeah. border. Yeah, they... Uh, that was an interesting one. My, my old roommate's band came up with us. We all got stuck at the border. For some reason, there was some slip-up. They knew we were lying to get in the country. This is back when we would say stuff like, you know, we're here to record or whatever bullshit. And they they let us go. Suddenly, the guy came in, handed me our passports. He's like, you're free to go. And I was like, go, go, go. And we like went out to the car. And then immediately, we got a phone call, like 20 minutes later from the cops. And they're like, you need to come back. And I was like, just keep going to the show. Fuck them. I was like, if they really want us, they're going to come and get us from the show. And uh, they didn't, but then they held our friends. They didn't want them in Canada. They held them for five days. They said they read old National Geographic and ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for five days. And then eventually they took them to a courthouse downtown Vancouver, and the judge, like, threw the case out, but, like, said they couldn't come back for a certain amount of time or whatever, and then just let them free on the streets, which I thought was the ultimate irony is that they don't want you here, and then they release you into the country without any – they just let them go. So they had to figure out how to get back to their car on the border and drive back, and, yeah, that was a nightmare for them. And as a result, you boycotted Canada? No. I've been back here every year since, practically, unless I didn't have a band or it wasn't. It was a few years. Well, here's the reality about Canada. It's great to come here. I've always had a really good time here. The shows are really great here. The people are really great. I love poutine. I even like the Quebecois. But getting across the border here right now, uh, for the past few years, can be a real pain in the ass, as I would imagine it must be for all y'all coming back the other way. I don't know. But I do know that I've been, like, picked apart at the border here. Now I've traveled so much that my passport looks insane, so when they open it, they know I've been all over the world. So they open it, and they're like, mm, like, you tell they still want to fuck with me, but they don't. Um, but really, like, it's been easier for me now, but as a young band coming here, if you don't have, like, your paperwork sorted, they can really make you miserable and, like, hold, for instance, hold you for five days, which is bananas, you know? That's just, like, they got stuck on a weekend or something. They got really doubly screwed. But I know it became, for the amount of money we were making back then, it was, wasn't really worth the possibility of getting detained to come across the border to play a show, you know, which I really wanted to do. We were always down to play a show, but nobody's down to go to jail, not for, without a fight, you know? Have you ever had beer soup at Tommy's Joint? Beer soup? No, but I've been to Tommy's Joint. The place is great. That's old San Francisco. That joint's been there for ages, yeah. That'll be, I hope that joint never closes. Hopefully they own that damn building. They must by now, right? A hundred years or something? Hope, I hope they bought that building in the 30s. That'd be bananas if they didn't. I'm like being there. Uh, the cafe, gone. Yep, gone. Yeah, that place was great. That's where I met Bridget. Me and Petey would hang out there all the time. We met a lot of people there. Jigme, that was the first drummer in OCs, or second drummer, I'm sorry. Uh, we, I met him there. He was like a kid that was working there. Yeah. And now it's gone. Yeah, I can only imagine there's like some sort of twig shop or some f fancy local tea grower. I don't know what the hell's going on there anymore. I would like to ask you about these particular joints right here. These eight tracks. What is your connection to each of these eight tracks, John Twire of the OCs? I love that you have these on eight track. Uh, Paul and McCartney Ram got this record from my folks. This is uh, this this made me. This record was the one that I heard that made me love Paul McCartney because for some reason, without any 
without any reason, I never liked Paul McCartney. I think just because I heard other people hating on him. Now I fucking love Paul McCartney. Temporary. Yeah. Secret. Oh. He is doing that on Terry. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Goblin, just great shit. I don't know. Really. And you are playing with. Well, Iceland got canceled. Yeah, yeah, surprise. Coordinated by... ATP, which, so it's no surprise. And John... Surprise. Carpenter, John. also canceled. Uh, so that festival's gone, but we're, I think we're still going to go there and play. We're trying to work it out right now. Yeah, it's a fucking disappointment. What are you going to do? Uh, Miles Davis, man, what can I say? He's a master. I oh. love his autobiography. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he was a filthy, filthy man, and uh, I've heard a lot of good stories about him over the years. John of the OCs, you covered the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, experimental. Uh, Pop art band. Experimental band, yeah. The most complicated name in the history of bands. Uh, great band. Uh, from what I understand, the song we covered, I found out after the fact that there was a, and I don't know, this might be hearsay, that the creep in the band wrote that song, who was the tambourine player, who was really into younger women, much, much younger, and the two songs he wrote, for the band both had that sort of I won't hurt you everything's gonna be okay don't call your parents kind of vibe so this was like after we covered it, my friend was like yeah you covered the song by the total potential child molester in the band and I was like oh, alright great it's a great fucking song I always imagined it was more the devil talking to somebody which totally makes sense in retrospect with the man talking to a much younger what about the crowd reaction to that tune we haven't we've never played that one live there's a lot of songs we do on records that we don't play live like I've never played that song live so no idea the they would love it. The hospitals in Toronto, did you get paid 100 bucks to hit Dan? Uh, I got, Dan Burke. I got paid after I hit Dan by a guy who I tried to refuse his money, and he totally insisted that I take his money. He ended up being a really nice guy. He told me that he got some sort of inheritance, and he was like, no, 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 take my fucking money. Like, he, like, was pushing a $100 bill at me. So I didn't get paid to hit Dan Burke. In fact, I actually really enjoyed Dan Burke. And I think he enjoyed me. He was high on crack or something, but I got a kick out of him until he was attacking us, you know. Did you also auction the guitar that you hit him over the head with? Yeah, just this past, uh, like, a couple months ago. Who won that? Some guy who owns a record store in um, Oklahoma City, I believe. Or Yeah, is that right? Yeah, he was really nice. We, we did an email exchange. I sent him the guitar. As far as I know, he got it because no eBay hasn't contacted me. It was for a friend of mine who ended up passing away, but he was very sick. An old bandmate. I have another gift for you, John Dwyer of the OCs. What can you say? And here is a gift, Eric Satie. Oh, man, amazing. Uh, this is great. Thank you. Um... I don't know, beautiful pianist, far out, really tons of space, really melancholic, heavy. I remember listening to it, looking out the window of a train, and it made me too sad to listen to it, and I did, I did like, undo it by listening to the Stooges. Uh, it would make Bridget cry, probably. Very old school. And yeah, 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 very heavy. I like that. From what I understand, I don't know much about him, but I know that... Uh, the way he wrote his music out, that it was sort of up for interpretation later on. So people's interpretation of how they're supposed to play and what exactly they're playing varies from player to player with him. I don't know if that's true. It might be bullshit. Google it. I didn't. But uh, yeah, I always thought that was kind of cool that it's like it would change per the person's personality and their vibe, you know? Yeah, he's fantastic. Highly recommended. 
And John, just winding up here of the OCs, we have a whole bunch of records right here. The Switch On series. What can you say about the Switched On series? Uh, Wendy Carlos, right, is uh, from my hometown. So, like, the two big claims to fame uh, from my hometown, Wendy Carlos, James Woods, Videodrome. Uh, James Woods is always playing a creep in the movies. Wendy Carlos, uh, early electronic. Switched On back. Uh, just amazing. Also, uh, transsexual really early on, which I think in that circle it seemed to go by without anybody even uh, blinking an eye, which is amazing that Wendy Carlos was able to uh, become a woman and people are just like, it's cool, she's amazing. I think that's Amazon. Like, when did that happen? Like the 70s? Pioneer. Pioneer. And underneath we have? Uh, switched on Rock, the Moog Machine. Uh, Moog covers of uh, Moog. Shit, sorry. Covers of uh, heavy rock songs. This one's actually really surprisingly great. Switched on Santa. If you like your Christmas records, this one is uh, highly recommended. If you want to get weird, freak out your grandmother. I've never actually heard this one. This series goes on and on and on. They don't have the... Uh, switched on country. Switched on screwdriver. Does that exist? That baboom. Terrible idea. Yeah, baboom. Um, yeah, I haven't heard this one, but I'm sure it's good. It's got a electric... That's disgusting. And underneath it. You, can you see that? It says Moog coming out of the cow's mouth. Genius. Things have changed, haven't they? They don't make shit like this. And underneath we have? Never heard it, but she's fine. Got a little bit of Beatles action in the background. Yeah, looks great. I mean, all these are always, these are like thrift score. Uh, no, silver apples. Fantastic. I actually. Of the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have played with the Silver Apples, right? We met, we met Simeon years ago. Um, yeah, he was very nice. Um, wispy. A wispy man. He was like, like, when he was talking, I couldn't hear him because I'm deaf as hell. So there's a lot of that. But yeah, he was great. It was really nice to stand in a room with him. Obviously very inspired by the guy. Off the Silver Apples. And underneath it, we have a song that could be covered by Damaged Bug. I've never heard this either. Look at that, though. Jesus Christ, it's amazing. <laughs> Seriously? Synthesized. What can you say about Damaged Bug? Would this be perfect for Damaged it's, Bug? It's fantastic. Yeah, this is often what's going on in the studio, actually, with me and my lady. Um, she's my muse. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. It's a project I do at home. It's really fun. Synthesizer based mostly, yeah. Like, it was an excuse for me to spend all my money on keyboards for a while, so that's what I've been doing. Did the Coach Whips have a belly dancer? We did. Debbie Tuck, who uh, went on to become, like, she got her name more, less for her belly dancing and more for doing Glitter Limes jewelry. And I think, like, Vanessa Williams was wearing one on the cover of Times Magazine. I remember she did, like, a backflip when that happened. She's a crazy artist lady from Providence. I knew from Providence back in the day, friends with a lot of friends of mine. During your time in the coach whips, did you have your clothes ripped off? Only when I wanted it to happen, mostly, yeah. Uh, I don't distinctly remember an exact... You wanted it? Yeah, you had to want it, yeah, yeah. How exactly did you want it? Like, who wants their clothes ripped off? Uh, it's really... Swimsuit area covered? The interview's getting, getting to a weird place. Um, uh, yeah, I have no idea, man. Are you still in the smelling? Smelling things or smelling myself? Yes to both. Yeah. I'm really, really smell sensitive. So walking through, for instance, on the way here, going through the... Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I hate that shit. Uh, walking through, uh, what do they call it, when you buy the cheap booze at the airport. Uh, customs? Not customs. The uh, Duty-free? Duty-free, thank you, which I've never actually done. But walking through that is like uh, being sprayed in the face with mace for me. And yeah, it's brutal. 
John, it is kind of a momentous occasion. You were not wearing... Shorts, yeah, yeah. But can you give us an update? The glass, the glass in the knee? It's still there, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's right there. You want to feel it? No, it's okay. <laughs> but that's uh, pretty serious. I only wear shorts on stage, because I, if I don't wear shorts on stage now, I rip my pants, and I only have one pair of pants. I'm a simple man, and, uh... Yeah, I just don't like being hot anymore. I live in L.A. I'm hot all the fucking time. I don't, I don't want to be hot on stage. I like to be loose. So, I also stopped caring what I looked like on stage a long time ago, so it doesn't matter to me. Are there always shorts? Yeah, I play in shorts almost all the time. It's like a really rare occasion that I won't, only if it's like freezing cold. Because I get sweaty. I'm disgusting. I need to be free up there or else I'm... If I play, last time I played in pants was because... I forgot my shorts and I was miserable on stage. Like it physically affected me. Like afterwards I was sad for the rest of the night. I just don't want to do that. So I'll be wearing shorts tonight. John Twire of the OCs, what can you say about this group flex? This group flex. Uh, yes, this was inspired by National Geographic did bird call records that I found at a yard sale when I was a kid. That was just this basic design. Uh, a book that would have a clear uh, die cut, though, circular on the edge, of all these bird calls, and underneath it was a, a printed paper with the birds and the names of the birds of North America, and you could put it on the bird, and that would be the beginning of the tribe's fucking genius. But we, my partner, Matt Jones, bought all these years ago in San Francisco, bought all these old flexi-disc pressing machines, had them refurbished, brought a machinist, built new stuff, and then almost immediately got shut down by OSHA, and they've shipped it off to the Czech Republic, which now GZ Pressing is using these machines that we made these books with. And they probably have 14-year-old children working, running under the machines like Oliver Twist or some shit, but there's no rules there is what I'm saying. But, yeah, it was a shame. This was a lot of work, but it came out really nice. It was really it's an amazing group. Yeah, I, I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to say who, but I saw some rip-offs of it afterwards. So, But... Technically, I ripped it off from National Geographic, so who am I to throw stones, right? But yeah, this thing, we tried to do it again all clear, and it ended up being a nightmare with all plastic without any cardboard because uh, it just warped, and like people would be like, it doesn't play, and I'd be like, ah, it's who wants the record to play, though, really? That was pretty cool, though. This was a lot of fun to put together, for sure. Do you also give free music to prisoners? The label does. We got that from the guys that run the tape label that... Uh, Destruction Unit 2, uh, which I can't remember the name of right now because I'm an idiot, but uh, yeah, they, they did a posting about that years ago, and I always thought that was such a great idea. The reality behind it, though, is that it's really hard to get music to prisoners because every single prison, because they're you know privately funded or state-run, are all totally different. So I don't know if they think that somebody's going to like perhaps use a CD to like slit somebody's face open or something, but it was like really hard to get a lot of these people music that had requested it. So it's been slow and steady. We get a lot of the shit back though. Like the prisoners will just deny it. So we need to come up with some sort of like safety scissors version of a record to send to these prisons or like Nerf vinyl, something nobody could possibly get hurt on. Still working on it. John of the OCs, do you have your own mic? I do. I bring my own mic. Yeah, I, I had to use a club mic in Houston recently, and halfway through the set, I realized I'd put it in my mouth twice and didn't taste right, and I'm sure that was a mistake. So, but always bring your own mic. It's, the club mic's disgusting. My mic is disgusting, but it's my mic, you know, so. And the coach whoops had a telephone? Ripped off from Bob Long. He showed me how to make it years ago, but yeah, they're all telephone mics. So you, when it broke on stage, you could rip one off from the hotel that night, you know, back when people had old bell phones. This is a long time ago. But yeah. And you almost... Somebody needs, to make, somebody needs to make a cell phone microphone. Has that happened yet? It must have. It's a terrible idea. Take that out of the interview. 
<laughs> you almost, John Dwyer of Dulcies, quit guitar after hearing this band? I'm sure I was just saying that, but this record is upsettingly good. This band is... Yeah, the Idol. The Idol Race, yes, yes. Everything that uh, Jeff Lynn's ever had a part of has been amazing. Jeff Lynn and uh, Roy Wood, all those cats are uh, great stories and great musicians. But yeah, when I first heard... Chris Woodhouse, who does a lot of our records, uh, play me, uh, what is it, um, Day Day of Broken Arrows, is that on this record? That song is, I don't think that's on this one. No, it's not, but it's that song was the one that got me really into the earlier stuff that Jeff Lynne was doing, and this record's incredible. This, stuff, this shit's great. There is no more Petey, and you have two drummers now? You replaced Petey with two drummers? How the hell are you going to replace Petey? Yeah, we had two drummers when Petey was in the band, too. We had Lars Finberg and Mike Schoen playing for like a year when we did the uh, Floating Coffin tour. But uh, I always liked that. We had I had two drummers in a band. Landed had two drummers for a while years ago. So I always liked that. Uh, you know the Dead and uh, Butthole Surfers. Lots of uh, Sheila E. Prince. There's a lot of good bands with two drummers over the years. I think the Allman Brothers and shit, right? Or the Doobies, one of those guys. Anyway, uh, Tim Hellman has replaced PD officially. Fantastic bass player. It's the first time I've played with a bass player since Landed. Is this guy here in this band now? Which is crazy. But yeah. Thanks to Michelle, Panache Lady, for setting this interview up. Yeah. She's uh, Michelle. You can't say no to Michelle. Hi, Thank Michelle. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Also, I was curious, you phoned into the Dodos live on air. What do you remember about phoning into college radio? Were you interviewing them? No, I don't remember that at all. The Dodos at you. Oh, I remember. I remember the band. Have you played any jokes on the Dodos? Oh, the Dodos. Yeah, we toured with them, and a lot of shit happened. He, uh, uh, Merrick from the Dodos showed me how when you're at a water park with slides, you're, according to him, and this got us thrown in the park. What you're supposed to do is go halfway down the slide and then stop yourself and start screaming, which brought, me, brought security immediately, and they threw us out and yelled at me because I was wearing pants. Those guys are a lot of fun. Those are good cats. I like those guys. You have a dog called Buddy. Dog Buddy. Dog buddy. Do you ever take dog buddy to the dog patch? He's never been in a dog patch. He's been my dog since I've been in LA. I don't live in San Francisco anymore. But uh, he's come on he's come on the road with us. He's been to shows. He's, he's he recorded the whole new record we're about to put out here at the studio the whole time. He's great. Do you still have a VW bug? Yes. Yes. It's parked at my house right now. What do you think about people that have a VW bug? I think it's a great car. My dad is really into cars, and, he, and I was scared of what he thought because he really likes muscle cars. He's an old mechanic. And when I told him I got a bug, he said that it was uh, bulletproof. So I knew I got the approval. You know, that's a good car. John, lastly here, have you ever seen a camel? Yeah, I saw a camel in France, of all places, at a gas station. That's a really weird... Did I... Somehow I feel like you knew that already. You're like, I already know, but I want to hear you say it. But yeah, yeah, we were uh, gassing up the, the damn car in France, and uh, I was smoking a cigarette, and I parted two bushes because I heard a sound, and there was a camel tied in a field right next to a gas station, just like on the highway. French camel. Weird. John of Dosies, anything you'd like to add to the people out there? Um, hey, thanks for coming out to shows. I don't really know. You know, try and be good to each other. It's a real simple equation, you know. Why should people care about John Dwyer and the OCs? Why should people care? It's a tough question. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I have no idea. I don't know. If you enjoy the show, stick around, you know. Oh, well, thanks so much, John, of the OCs. Keep on rocking in a free world and do do loot do. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nardwar. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, do do loot do. 
Am I supposed to say that again? Doodle doo doo. Doodle doo doo. Doo Yeah, there we go. Cheers. You know, I watched the interview with you and Ty, and I think you scared him a little bit. Is he broken? Does this happen at the end of every interview?
And you're listening still, hopefully, to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard right there an interview with John Dwyer from the OCs. And then the OCs themselves with Ruby Go Home. To end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, I thought I would continue on with some John Dwyer approved or suggested music. We are going to hear something from the Leather Uppers, Sugar Sandwich. There! Uh, and there it is, right there, <laughs> coming up. And then we are going to hear... Right after that, some switched on country with Carlingua, the Hank Williams cover done Wendy Carlo style. Then we are going to hear the rock and roll adventure kids live on Berserkly Radio with Shinny. Then hopefully there is time, but if there is not, then there is not, but we will hear Santa Jaws. With Gilda Radner and Toto, yes, Gilda Radner and Toto on backups from 1975 by Homemade Theater, Santa Jaws. And we'll see where we go from there. Right now, here is the Leather Uppers with Sugar Sandwich.
called Adventure Kids, and we're from Montana. Um, what's next, guys? E shimmy? Shimmy, shimmy, shake. All wow, right, that's um, great. All right. So keep talking, guys. Oh, yeah. What's up? How's the party doing? <laughs> hey, guys. All right. Hey, Hillbill, This one's our newest uh, country <laughs> stomper, rock and roller, and uh, stroller. <laughs> was the night before Christmas, and all round the beach not a creature was stirring, not even a leech. The stockings were hung by the boathouse with care, in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. For Daddy had taken us down to the shore to spend Christmas Eve with the family once more. And while Mother and Father lay snug in their bed, my girlfriend and I went down to the shed. We took off our clothes and peeled to the skin and jumped in the water for a midwinter swim. When out of the darkness, she let out a hoot. I just saw a shark in a Santa Claus suit. Then the silence was broken by a terrible din, jingle bells ringing on a circling fin. We swam and we swam to get out of its reach till we thought we were finally safe on the beach. When what to our wondrous eyes should appear but a jolly white shark who ate tiny reindeer. Oh, Dasher. Oh, Dancer. Oh, Donner and Blitzen. Oh, Comet, Cupid, Prancer and Vixen. Till one reindeer was left to pull the great sled. Cute little Rudolph with his nose so red. And then the monster looked at us and it really was weird. A great white shark with a great white beard? His teeth, how they glistened. With his fins on his belly, he laughed, ho, 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 like six tons of jelly. 
Well, we ran to the house and tried to get in, but the doorway was blocked by the shark's giant fin. His jaws opened wide to bite off my head. But from deep down inside, a voice quietly said, I'm not so bad. I'm really quite good. But with all those movies, I'm just misunderstood. My huge wish for men is goodwill and peace. And all I want for Scrimmage is my two front teeth. And we heard him exclaim as he swam out of sight. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good fight. <laughs> You're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there Santa Jaws from 1975 by Homemade Theater with Gilda Radner. I just have to say that. And Toto on backups. And before that, live from Berserkly Radio, it's the Rock and Roll Adventure Kids with Shimmy. And before that, as chosen by John Dwyer of the OCs, switched on country with Cow Lingua, a Hank Williams cover. And we began with the Leather Uppers featuring Anthony of the Icky Boyfriends on drums with Sugar Sandwich. And to end now, the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show, we are going to play something by the Vancouver's. Yes, the Vancouver's, not Bobby Taylor. And the Vancouver's featuring Tommy Chong. Does your mama know about me? No, the Vancouver's from the 1990s. This is from Get Hip Records, a single bought at Audiopile. Hello, Hello, Eleanor, Audiopile. $2.99 at Get Hip Records is the record label, and I bought that at Audiopile Records. So, from 1995, here is the Vancouver's with Transatlantic Friend, and they were from Madrid, Spain. The Vancouver's from Madrid, Spain, on Get Hip Records from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, played on Denardoir, the Human Serviette radio show from Vancouver, British Columbia. Canada. Here is the Vancouver's from 1995 with Transatlantic Friends.
Like you don't go